Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Hey guys, we're back. T.A. Mahoney, Tales from the Dark Side. And I brought a real winner today. I've told you about my weirdo friends. This guy is close to the top. We had Matt not long ago, and he's, he ranks up there with the quite a few weirdos. But Tangles, a.k.a. Tracy, got to be top of the list when it comes to uh, fishing buddies. A little bit of history about me and Tangles. Probably, Matt, how old were we, would I you don't say? Know, six or seven, seven, eight. Yeah, seven there. or eight, something like that. Our dads were kind of uh, drinking buddies, and that was probably, that's got to be 48 years ago, hmm. 46 years ago, something like that. Uh, been friends ever since. He is one of those guys, and I'm sure he feels the same way. He's one of them guys that you don't really pick. You know, it's, as a kid, you just kind of end up with him. You know, he's... <laughs> He's my tangles. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. He's been on the boat. We got some great stories. We're going to share some with you tonight. Um, one of them that he brought up was something a little more recent, which I kind of, you know, Tracy, you're going to have to be in here about two or three times to even come close to the amount of humor that we get over the last 10 years, eight years of fishing hard. Um, but you've been on that boat every time. I can't complain. I love it. I absolutely love it. So what what sticks out in your mind? Like when you go fishing with your buddy Mike, mm -hmm. what, what, what's going on in that peanut? Oh, uh, well, he's taught me some lessons. I used to like to laugh and have a lot of fun on a boat when I was out there fishing, and I found out right off the bat that's not allowed. Real fishermen <laughs> don't laugh. They don't really enjoy themselves out loud, and it took a while to learn that one. He, uh, Mike loves to pick on people, and I guess I'm the, the easiest softball he's ever had on a boat. But I love it. I remember him when he, I used to pick on him, and it was a long time ago, but I can't wait for it to happen again. <laughs> I hope it never does again. He had his chance, people. I was younger than him. He will never so miss a chance to pick on you or embarrass you. Hand. One of the things <laughs> about Tracy that stands out in my mind, uh, one of the things we did as kids is, you know, Little League Baseball it was uh, – a great time to hang out and meet new people and friends and people in the neighborhood and of course you know Tracy was a pretty good baseball player so that's kind of where we started I think our parents probably met somewhere around that time we were playing baseball but I'll tell you what you did not want to bat 
against Tracy. There was no way. Tangles would look at you and tell you, 10 years old, he'd tell you, I'm going to hit you with the ball. How yeah, about it? I like to love baseball, and yes, I would do that. And I didn't think there was nothing wrong, a little stingy spot on your shoulder or something like that. <laughs> he uh, would uh, literally, people, we'd be in junior high school, and he'd walk up to uh, the kids that were playing us that night, and he would say, hey, I'm pitching against y'all tonight. Be ready. It's going to hurt. And then he'd walk away. And I'm telling you, the kid would not want to get in the batter's box. I didn't have a curveball. No, he had a wild pitch is what he had. He didn't know where it was going. They, he'd, you know, the catcher would give him a sign, and he'd kind of shrug his shoulders. Okay, we'll see what we can do with that one. Right down the old middle. But had a lot of good times at baseball. And then we, we probably, you know, and a few years later, we kind of went on our own path and then got back together probably about eight years ago and uh, started doing a lot of fishing with Tracy. One thing about Tangles is, you know, he uh, needs to learn a lot, I guess you could say. So every, every day is a, a teaching day for him. And what he's talking about, no humor. One of the first days on the boat, I remember it. It was, I don't know, 4 o'clock in the morning. And he's like a kid before Christmas. And he comes running down, jumps in the boat. He's all asking questions. How long is it going to be? Where are we going? And realistically, I'm thinking, if I showed him on the chart, he still wouldn't know where we're going. He just... He's there for the ride. So we went on out there, and I finally told him, hey, get the smile off your face, Tangles. This ain't about being happy and fun and playing around. We're catching fish today. And he shortly realized that that's what we do out there, catch fish, huh? Yeah, that's what I would do. I was on a boat. I'd have the rod by hand. I'd go, oh, I think I got a bite. Oh, there's one coming. Here, ready, ready. And I wanted everybody to watch me miss the fish every time. And Why don't you tell us how you hooked all five people at one time on the boat? Can you do that? <laughs> well, I, why don't you tell that story? No, <laughs> I'd rather hear it from you. I'd rather hear your view of it. What exactly happened? Because within a day, one or two trips, Tracy earned – where the name nickname no nope. where'd you the only place you could go i had to draw a line on the boat i fish on the front of the boat yeah he had to be in front of the console because he had already tangled so many people so now That's multiple rods up in the nose of the boat and tell us what happened that day uh well um we went and set up on a spot and they put a free line out and Automatically, I had a bottom jig, a nice heavy one. I'm jigging down there. It wasn't right off the bat, tuna hit the rod and stripped it out. And of course, everybody's watching it. And the first thing Mike hollers, somebody's lines on my line. <laughs> I had a green jig and I just didn't want that to be mine as he pulled up. And it was, I told his son, he was right next to me. I said, I didn't want to see that. He was trying, he was trying, you know, got a tuna on. And all of a sudden I go, oh, there's something on the line. I, I see it coming up with the line and it's, Tangles green jig. How in the world and did he's I... standing there kind of looking at me, waiting for it, seeing if it's fixing to happen. Yeah. We caught the fish, though. I don't know. I thought that one got away. No, that was the one in Louisiana when you hooked my line on the big yellow fin. Oh, yeah. That was even better. Too much line. Yeah, had front of the boat, open bail, three-eighths weight, and we're tuna fishing in the back. So the, the line's just constantly with the current going around i think you hooked five people one time i had a lot to learn yes i did i remember likes making dream catchers you ever <laughs> seen a dream catcher that's tangles that's why we named him tangles he pulls his line up and it's like a big dream catcher 
<laughs> I've done a lot of stuff wrong. My favorite ones were trolling for gag grouper, and you have a level line reel. And as you hook the fish, they're always, oh, keep that line level, keep that line level. Well, of course, I got one that got stuck. He had too much line on the reel, and I didn't keep it level. It kind of. I had too much line on the reel. <laughs> he didn't guide the line. It all bound up. How'd that go? Did we catch a fish? No, we lost that one, too. We lost that one. I got it stuck. Too much line in one spot. I've learned the lessons the hard way. I don't do that every time anymore. You know, you got to watch it when you're with tangles. There was a time, this is a long time ago, so once again, I'm going to warn you, this is not an omission of guilt or nothing else, but... We were out there fishing, and we had a real good day right off the bat. I think within two hours we had close to our limit of gags, or maybe we did have our limit. And, you know, Tangles kind of suggested to me, well, you know, it's early enough to where if you go in now and maybe eat a sandwich and put these in another cooler, we could possibly go back out and get another limit because it's past noon. That's what he said. So from what his days and what he claims he would tell the Marine Patrol is that my days start at noon. We were out before noon. That was yesterday. I know y'all change clocks and all that. That's what he told me. But we don't do that. So we were allowed to go back out there again if there was any problems. Of course, we didn't go back out there. We started to go back out there, and what happened? Uh, well, we got, they went through a, they were checking for bombs out there off Anna Maria and we ran into the police department and changed it up. But, hey, um, now let me tell you we this, had, we're, we're, we're driving and the blue lights came on and what did Tracy do? I didn't do it. It wasn't me. He went, uh-oh. <laughs> and I go, uh-oh, what? And he goes, uh-oh. And I go, we haven't done anything. And he goes, uh-oh, uh-oh, they're coming. And I'm going, what are you upset? What are you going to do? Tell them we thought about going back out there. Maybe we could get in trouble. That sounds like fun. What what was the deal there? Uh, they just wanted to keep us off that area, but I didn't want to get in trouble. You know, I've never liked getting in trouble with you. I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, once you said trouble, okay. made me think, made me think Anna Maria and the fishing license story. Let's hear about this. Yeah, you know, I was born in Florida, Miami, and I've lived here my whole life, so I'm pretty much like a native, kind of like an Indian, you know, American Indian. So I, I think I got certain rights. Like, uh, I haven't had a fishing license for years. And I didn't know that. Nobody knew it. Nobody ever asked me. I had one for Louisiana because they asked me there, and I got one there. But um, I hadn't had one for years. And uh, wasn't that long ago I was fishing off a pier, and I guess I parked my truck in the wrong spot. There's a spot that says, don't park here, and you can park here. Well, I split it with my truck, so I'm kind of half good and half not good. The gray area. I'm looking off the bridge, and I see these two cops roll up, and this kind of doom buggy, and they get out, and they start chasing up and down the beach with their flashlights. I'm thinking maybe somebody's run off and done something wrong well they were looking for me because you're not allowed to park on the beach after 11 at night and how'd they know it was you well they finally saw me over there on the bridge and yeah, eased but on they over. know you down there not at that time but they do now <laughs> yes they do now matter of fact they ride their bikes by and say there's your buddy right there i can hear it with the window down all right so they checked you for a license yes they did and I had somehow got a ticket earlier for some kind of illegal redfish out of season, something I wasn't aware of, you know, from the red tide. And um, then they said, well, you don't have a license. And I said, well. That was the day before. Well, well that was sometime within that, that short period. I'd gotten a ticket for something that it was just. Okay, a, so he was out. Let's hear that one. 
you were out there and you caught a redfish and thought well, yeah. it was legal? Well, yeah, they had the red tide, and I knew that the snookwind was um, out of season because they just put a moratorium on them. And I was down there fishing. I was breaking off on snook one, two, three. It was cold, so I'd run back to the truck, tie my line. I'm nervous because you break off on a fish. You want to get out there and tear it up again. I got back there and finally got a fish up, and it was a redfish. I said, man, I haven't seen a redfish around nice here in a long fish. time. They said it was a little short, baby. But, uh, no, but I didn't even think about that. I thought I had seen a red, and it was time to eat. You know, I could eat something. I knew I couldn't take the snook home, and I threw it in the back of the truck, and I went over there and broke off again. I'm back there tying again. It's cold, and the lady, the ladies, uh, it was a lady. Yeah, game warden. They've got lady game wardens now. Very nice. And she asked me if I had caught anything. I said, no, I'm really trying. And I said, well, I do. I got a little redfish right there. And, um, so you told her you had the redfish. She didn't see it? Well, it, I think it might have flopped around and made a little noise. It got her attention somehow. <laughs> got my attention because I had forgotten about it. And um, come to find out, it it really wasn't what you thought it was. It was probably, once the white threw it was 18 inches was the size it was supposed to be. And it really was, it was right there at 18, you know, 16 or something like that. And um, we went and released it because it was out of season. She goes, you know, that's out of season. I'm like, man, they don't have no seasonal redfish. Didn't she didn't see, know that? No, I didn't know that. I thought, you know, oh. but since the red tide had, you know, wiped everything out, the redfish trout, you really can't keep anything. And so I got a ticket. She ended up giving me a ticket for a redfish out of season, which um, I was gladly going to accept that how one. How much was that one? That was 270 dollars, dollars $273. Well, that was worth it. Huh? Well, if they had said it was 500 said it wouldn't go on my record, I would have probably paid it because I didn't want nobody to know about it. Because um, poaching is not cool anymore. Yeah, Used that was to, a while ago. Though. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. what happened, like, within a day or two later, they catch you again in a no-parking spot? Same. No, they start seeing on the bridge. There's a small little island. They go by and they're waving at me, and I'm waving back, and then they're pulling over to get your fishing license yet. And I said, no, sir, I don't have it yet, but I intend to get it. Well, I thought what you had told them was there's n no way that you didn't have one because she would have wrote you a ticket the day before, and she only gave you one for a redfish. That's right. I thought. Or if I really didn't have a license, that she'd have given me one for no license, yeah, too. That's right, exactly. So it must have been legal two days ago, so it should be legal now. And that wasn't good enough for them. They wanted some kind of proof or receipt of the license. But um, those guys aren't stupid. They, they catch on pretty quick. So you went and got a license? No, no, not really. Um, I tried <laughs> to get a couple more times. Did you again after they talked to you? Well, I had to wait until they threatened to put me in jail. So they talked to you more than twice? They started coming up with the lights on. They just even start them at the corner, easing on up, have a light, and come over here and do this. <laughs> And when I got it, I showed it to him proudly. You know, here it is. Well, what he told me was he got his license finally after three or four days, and he had some excuse, didn't you, when they said, why didn't you get one yesterday when you said you were? And I, well, I got a return I got to give to Amazon, so it was either get my license or get the return. Which one would you do? He was starting to get insulted by my lack of en yeah, enthusiasm about getting a license. Anybody ever been down there with a little bit of law <laughs> enforcement on Anna Maria? It's not the people you play games with. Yeah, he thought I was planning for stupid. Now, said, Tangles, every police officer, law enforcement in Anna Maria, Holmes Beach, knows him. They see him coming in. Yes, they do. Hard to tell. That yeah. guy who parks right there on the line, the handicap <laughs> line. You're the guy, aren't you? Yeah, it's a small place down there. I so love you it. got your license, mm -hmm. and then they wouldn't come over. They wouldn't talk to him. And he was, like, mad. He was calling me, saying they won't even stop and check me now. I got my license, and I can't even show it to him. 
<laughs> well, they probably don't run your name and know you got a license. I think they're waiting for it. I'm not paying attention. Going to sneak up on me or something. And you know, like we that. laugh about it, and I'm all for conservation. I laugh at it tangles sometimes, but you know, the the bottom line is passion to fish is why I hang out with him. We uh, we'll go offshore 12, 14 hours sometimes. Tangles is right there helping us out, cleaning the boat. He's not in a hurry to leave. All he cares about is going down to the pier and going snook fishing that night. And that's what he does. He loves to fish. We always have. We were kids. We'd fish in a pond, catch brim, whatever it was. And uh, we got quite a few good stories for you. I couldn't fill them up, I guarantee, in one show. Tangles is a handful from losing ropes to getting a fight started and running from it. You know how many of them I've dealt with, huh? Yeah, if they don't turn their head, I don't stand a chance. No, he ain't staying around. He's got some good ones, and we're going to share them. Love, he's the one that taught me how to throw oranges at cars. You imagine that. I hope no kids are watching. Yeah. But, boy, he could wear them out. Matter of fact, tell them the one story. We had the baseball party at the house. Oh, yeah, we had a baseball team that was doing pretty good. We were like 14 and 15, and the parents were – all pretty much friends so they were having a party inside probably getting a little bit relaxed and not paying attention to the kids and we have They're a base good boys baseball players. yeah we have a baseball team out front and back then brandon was all orange groves they were everywhere and of course it wasn't long before a car comes pulling up and hollering hey hey causing the casino and then parents come out with a couple of drinks in them i'm sure and they said somebody's throwing cars i mean oranges at our cars and uh, the parents couldn't believe it that this baseball team would throw oranges at a car no, so we got good boys they here. run them off and we got uh, a baseball team we continued throwing oranges the rest of the night we love that that was something good old stories from the old days i appreciate y'all listening in tonight we're gonna take a little bit of break and we'll be right back We're back talking fishing, talking hunting. T.A. Mahoney, Tales from the Dark Side. And one of the darkest, Tangles. I brought him tonight. Don't know if I can get him back next week. He may uh, may get a scholarship or something. Like, <laughs> you know, may get a scholarship and get a meal plan and lodging and all that. We just got to wait for him. Maybe... Uh, Frank Cueto could help us out with Cueto bail bonds. But what I want to ask you, Tracy, is uh, let people know what it's like on a fishing day that we go out on. For well, a guy, I mean, I can explain it, but it's a little bit different, my perspective. Well, there's a lot of excitement building up. You know, you're going to bring the big fish in and going out with Mike Mahoney, of course, the legend. Of course, you're going to be on him. And, um, for anybody who doesn't know, Mike is a practical joker. He loves to dish it out. He does not take it very well. Um, but he <laughs> now, will. Now, why would you say I don't take it well? Just because I come back a little bit stronger than what you give? Well, yeah. That's you... kind of the shut it down. Yeah, well, put it this way. If we're riding out and he's pulling the hair on the back of my legs, he'll do it all day long. If I get in the back of the boat and pull one of his hairs out, he jumps up. <laughs> He got my hairs on my leg, runs up, get him an alcohol swipe and wipe it clean and look for a Band-Aid so he don't get another hair pulled. And it's just a lot of hassle to pick on him because he just doesn't take it, it well. It doesn't take it well you at know, all. You know, one of the funniest times we got uh, a friend of ours, Captain Mark Fewox, and we've been out fishing with him a few times um, since I sold the boat. Yeah. And I remember one of the first times it had to be 4.30 or 5 in the morning and 
we were running out first thing and I think I might have accidentally spilled some water in your shoe or <laughs> or something at 4:30 in the morning that you wouldn't really appreciate and uh first thing Tangles does is looks over at Mark and goes uh can you let him drive at least one of the ways <laughs> there or back to occupy his time cuz this seems like it's going to be a long day yeah was that a long day? I've had people wonder how in the hell I take that, how I can put up with all the you mess you give ask me. You that? Yeah, he, they do. What do you tell them? Oh, uh, I just you got to do what you can do. I love to fish, but as soon as I stop liking to fish, I'll get him back. Then we'll be even there. So you love to fish. What is one of the most memorable fishing trips you've been on? Uh, getting bait when you had me cut my finger off. What happened? Well, we was loading pinfish traps, and Mike likes to keep me nervous and, you know, going and hurry, 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 hurry. So I'm trying to make Mike happy, which is impossible. And uh, we had some frozen bait, and I had a dull dive knife. And I'm cutting it there. He's leaving the thing. I'm taking the waves and trying to put the bait in the traps. And uh, finally, he sees that I'm having a hard time, so he cuts the throttle back and lets me go back there and uh, chop away at the bait. And the first thing he says is, uh, be careful with that knife. I said, yeah, I got it, Mike. We'll be fine. Uh Okay. And about that time, I took it to the bone. I couldn't even say "ow" because he just told me that uh, watch out for the knife. So I stuck it in the water, shook it off. It's never had feeling ever since. But I did go fishing the next day. No doctor, no stitches or nothing. That's a, that's a good one, Tangles. Let me uh, tell you my take on this one. Okay, we're going out to set traps. We got frozen kingfish, like what was left over after we took the loins out, which is a great pinfish it was not crab traps it was pinfish so we had a frozen block of kingfish scraps that are oily and we want to put them in the pinfish traps well he's back there sawing and i tell him you're going to cut your hand off doing that do it away from you i've been doing this all my life is what he said yeah i've been cutting bait all my life you know you don't need to tell me how to cut bait oh there it goes oh that's exactly what he did. He couldn't say a word. And he was holding his hand. I heard the knife drop. And he was still awake, so I knew it wasn't that bad. <laughs> he didn't pass out on me. But I did kind of give him a little little booster of morale. I told him, if you make me run this boat in to take you to the doctor to get stitched up, you ain't fishing tomorrow. Nope. We didn't go get stitches. Nope duct tape and a napkin it's still no he was good as gold but the, i'll tell you another one he did with frozen i was over his house one day he's got a big pile of frozen oh, shrimp yes, and he's go, doing this crushing them and putting them on all them little tips of the shrimp went in his fingertips months of infection can't use his fingers and still fishing yeah i like the loss of my hand on that one i didn't realize that when you break those frozen shrimp that those 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 points and the, what are they what are they called? The horns on the shrimp as I was breaking them called stupid. They were sticking in my finger. Mike's like, doesn't that hurt? And I'm like, yeah, but you got to be tough to do this. Well, I didn't realize they were still in my hand. And um, I was walking through a store one day and hit my hand on the side of my britches and fell flat on the floor. I said something happened to my hand. I almost got electrocuted. I went to a bait shop and they had a jeweler's loop and I looked at my fingers. It looked like Mars. So he pulled, so them, he pulled the thorns out at the bait store. No, I couldn't get them all out. I, I took some fingernail clippers and cut the first layer of skin out to get them all out. Well, I didn't realize they were that long, so what I did was just cut them in half. So I had, I don't know how many dozens of, dozens of dozens. That was a four-month ordeal. Yeah, that hurt. I couldn't even well, work my own. Baby had 
tape on every finger every time he did something. Couldn't Paint even work fishing. my own zipper. No. <laughs> Poor me. Had to walk around with it down because nobody else was working it either. Oh, that was That's bad. That's for sure. What's was, uh, what's your, your biggest fish you've caught with me, Tracy? What's the one that sticks out the most? I remember the uh, whale shark swam up to the boat. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was um, awesome. saw it coming. It's clear day, crystal clear. Thank God, Brett Norris had a GoPro. Yep. He actually stuck it in the water. Was filming, the, you know, swim around the boat. Had some Kobe on it, and I think we tuned. caught a big Kobe. Yeah. Brett did, yeah. Me and Mike, being the adventures we were, were slitting right in the middle of the boat. We wouldn't even yeah. get near the side of it. We were right near the middle of the boat, getting a good view of it right there. Yeah, we're, I could see it fine. My buddy asked me, "You didn't want to jump in the water?" I goes, "The last thing I was thinking of. It had to be thirty foot long, huh? It came it was, up. The it was as long as the boat. Easy. It looked like a submarine when it came up the anchor line. Beautiful. I remember tangles going. You said something. Uh, you wasn't the uh oh when the cops are coming. It was uh, <laughs> it was something like, oh my gosh, look at this. And I kind of I'm thinking he cut himself because you were on the front <laughs> of the boat with the knife again. And I look up and this monster. If anybody's ever seen one, it's an awesome sight. Yeah. Uh, whale shark, and he came right into the boat like it was tame. It what circled the boat two or three times. Yeah. Brett Norris had some killer footage. I mean, less than probably about where we are seven feet away i mean he was right next to the boat he went around it twice and went on off and i think right after that brett called about a 40 something pound cobia yeah i believe so yeah it was a good trip it was kind of spiritual it was pretty neat to see something that big and majestic with other fish on it and just but it scared us actually is what it did <laughs> you were sitting in the middle if you could hear the video of the what brett's gopro did we were cussing too we were close yeah. enough and the, yeah it was uh it was something to see for sure it was big it how about been. a fish you caught huh. what sticks out i'll get big red snapper from time to time out I of always season. think of that one that was uh, got his tail bit off oh that was cool that was real cool he was 21 pounds tangles caught he don't usually contribute too much to the box I mean, he's there to help out, and he's part of the trip, but he's very few times is he putting a bunch of meat in the box. That's it's true. Just, because if there was a bunch of meat in the box from Tangles, there'd be a ton of drama, and it wouldn't. <laughs> it'd take up more than a day of fishing is a problem. But when he'll contribute some, and he loses most of them, and he brings rods on the boat, the same rods he brings every time. There's three rods he brings. They don't have any line on them. So it looks like he's bringing his own poles, constantly grabbing mine. Now, mine are all strung up and ready to go. All of a sudden, he's broke off twice. You go to grab one because maybe you break off, and he's done used four of yours, broke off, and set them right back in. That's that's my fishing buddy, Tangles. Go here. through that line. Go through that line. You own a marine hardware store. No better place. we got to... all kinds of line over yeah, here. Yeah, we huh? do. That's right. How about Louisiana? You've had some fun there, too, That's huh? a blast. That place is unreal. Yellowfin tuna. Yeah. We caught it all there. Yeah, my first trip up there, we caught everything. We big dolphin. Everybody got a yellowfin tuna. Mangrove snapper, bigger than I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a great trip, man. We really set him on fire. I had a two-pounder at the house on the dock and thought he was a monster. I came back from there thinking he wasn't even bait. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of him. And it's hard to uh, tell people exactly how good louisiana is until you get there it's kind of like alligator hunting i tell people that all the time i can explain to you till i'm blue in the face about how fun alligator hunting is and how exciting it is but i'll never touch how it really is until you go and it's the same way with venice when you hear about big fish you just have no idea 
of the amount of fish and the size of fish and, and tangles here has been quite a few times um and got to see that firsthand. I've been going for many years and I really enjoy taking people, you know, being friends with Tangles as long as I have it. I enjoy taking him there and, and sharing something there with him. Now you can't really go out nowhere with him. Um, I've known him for this many years, but we don't have a lot of dinners together. Um, you know, I mean, I guess we do sometimes when we come in from, uh, Bet you love that because I'm always hungry. We come in from fishing, starving, got the boat cleaned, and he knows it's time for a uh, what? A free meal? Yeah, free meal. It's the best time order, of the day. I sometimes let him order off the regular menu, but it's mainly the kids' menu when we go and get it to go, and I get him to sit in the truck while I sit inside and eat just so we don't have any. Everybody's always amazed how calm and easy you are at dinner. You know, you might pick on them all day in the boat, but you get at dinner, you're really well-behaved. You want to? You know, eat a good meal and not be stared at. Yeah, Yeah. don't stare at me. No, can't have none of that. (laughs) I eat by myself. I don't care. Yeah. But enjoyed a lot of fishing with you. You hadn't done a lot of hunting with us. I took him up to the hunting camp to do some work, and he spray painted all inside my stands, and he thought it was big fun, you know, time to get back at Mike because he doesn't get to fish when I'm up there hunting. And that's usually for about three months, isn't it? I kind of. Yeah. Stop the whole fishing scene, so he gives me a little rem- memorabilia <laughs> from him. S- spells stuff wrong, and you're in the stand going, what was he thinking? <laughs> I spell my own name wrong sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were up there, and Eddie was putting the stands together, and Eddie was up there, and he was going to show us how to do it, and he grabs a screwdriver, and he turned his back, and as he turned back around, a piece of corrugated metal comes falling down. And it literally touched him, but he thought he had taken his whole shin off. So he's you up and remember that? That was so funny. He thought he was jumping up and down. He thought he had lost his shin to the bone. You know he's, what me and Tangles did? It was almost like uh, a little kid. So if anybody's dealt with little kids, when a little kid falls and you know he's not hurt, yeah. you don't want him to cry, so don't look. Look the other way. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we did to Eddie. Because Eddie's full of drama, isn't he? Oh, he really he, is. He's got all kinds of his hand. Always his hands are in his pockets. Every picture I got of him, he's, you know, like he said, holding a screwdriver. He's going to hand it to you. He don't plan on turning it. He's just going to hand it to you and put his hand back in his pocket. Yeah, he's uh, jumping up and down like he's really hurt. And we thought he was maybe because I don't see how he didn't get you know lose. I don't his even shit. know. It didn't even break the skin. No, and we started noticing that there really Big wasn't any. There really wasn't even any blood. It was just a red spot. If he got so lucky, it would have been like a razor to taking him anything that hit him. He's jumping up and down, and we noticed he's not even bleeding. We said, Eddie, you're not even hurt. Stop jumping he up was and down. Mad. He says, I'm hurt. And I'm like, you almost was hurt, but you are not hurt. Oh yeah, it was time to stop work. Have to go clean it up. <laughs> peroxide band aid. He was just mad. We didn't even think nothing of it. It scared him. I think's what it yeah. did. He Big just... old boy too. And a little piece of metal hit him on the shin. Eddie, easy. He's not even going to bleed. We've got some good ones. Eddie was in here. Uh, <laughs> he was in here doing one with me. A couple. He's in the same boat as you. We could talk forever and ever and ever. You were on the boat when Eddie almost fell out, weren't you? Oh, amazing. Yes, I was, down in uh, off Boca. Yeah, what happened? He had his old wore-out Crocs. Yeah, he was. He the- wears Crocs till he gets his money. The problem with his Crocs are Eddie buys a pair of shoes, and Tangles was on the boat. He saw it. Crocs wear out quick, especially with Eddie, because the tops are still good. It's the bottoms. He doesn't pick his feet up. He shuffles everywhere, so they get wore out twice as fast. Jump on a boat, they're slick now. 
But he doesn't think that, and he about went out, didn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, he had his uh, feet over his head. I don't know how he came back in. Must have waved, must have hit the boat just right, knocked him back in. I hauled man overboard. The last I saw, he was he, he actually, was in the drink. If you've ever been sideways in a trough with some good-sized forward of – it was probably four-footers, wasn't it? Yeah, it turned pretty rough here pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, it was probably four-foot, and we were turning, and the boat pitched and threw his – got his weight because Eddie's got a little weight. He, you can shift it on him because there's quite a bit there. It threw him out but then caught it when it came back over. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Never even went in the water. I don't know how he did that one. He was in the drink last time I saw. Now, you know, I, I just it just flashed to me another story about Tangles. I'm with Eddie. I'd taken Tangles to my favorite snook hole yeah. in the summer. You remember that? You yes, know? I always remember that great trip. Yeah, caught a bunch of fish. Where were you the next night? I was there. I was um I was wade fishing it. Well, the trip was it. We got there and you guys immediately started hitting these snook left after right. You know, we had some big baits, big shad, and it was about y'all had probably boated twenty fish apiece before I got really good bites. By the time I the bait was live bait was gone. I still hadn't put a fish in a boat. Now they boated forty in, within an hour. I never seen so many big fish come over the side, and I'm getting a little nervous that I might not get one somehow. And the last live bait in the well, I went to get it. He wouldn't let me have it. He decided I wasn't worth the uh, last live bait. I'm getting that. So one. I got a dead bait and I started catching a we couple of them. We learned a lesson on that. What happened? Big snook like dead bait. I, I think threw they my don't. live bait out. He threw that dead shad out. We caught the shad at the Blinds Pass Bridge, and we were catch. This is before they dredged. Yeah. Blinds. Yeah. Pass, and we went up there to catch those big snook in the summer that were there. They were fun. And we were catching the shad. Well, you always think as a snook fisherman, live bait, live bait, live bait. So there was, like Tangle said, there was two baits left. One was dead, one was live. And Being my first trip there, I got the dead one, which was pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, him. I hooked him up with the dead one. I'm telling you, boom, my live one hit. He threw the dead one out. He was instantly on. And from that moment on, we realized that, why even throw the cast net? We'll go buy shad, frozen shad. That's what they want, dead on the bottom. You know, the big snook loved that stuff. Um, so we started, of course, I couldn't go every night, but I went the next day or two. Yep. And I, usually nobody's out there on the beach. It's nighttime during the week. Nobody's out there fishing. You may have some people on the rocks. They used to walk out on the rocks, but it really didn't affect what we were doing because we'd go around them over kind of close to the swim buoys. Sometimes maybe be just inside the swim buoys. You could but, you could throw a bait in their boat if you wanted to. They were just you just assume wade fish that area. Yeah. Well, the problem is it's a private beach, so you can't just walk up there. Well, that night I see two guys fishing, the same area we're fishing, same and I'm area. thinking. Who in the world's up there throwing for snook here? Usually they're on the rocks or they're not there. Well, Tangles is over there telling his buddy, don't say don't my name. Don't mention my name. Don't say Stand my name. Stand still. So, and this, he was with a guy that worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, now he works for Powerpole, Mike Schmidt. <laughs> Great guy. Grew up with him too, one yeah. of our friends from back in the day. And uh, Mike came in bragging the next day here at the store. He came in, had a picture, and it was at night. And I could tell he was on the beach because his snook was covered in white sand. Yeah. And I looked down at it, and I'm thinking, where'd you catch that? Oh, I was in Blinds Pass. I go, when? 
He goes, last night, Tangles took me there. I go, Tangles took you there? That was y'all on the beach? Yeah, he told me to be quiet so you wouldn't hear him. <laughs> I go, oh, okay. So Outlaw Tangles is buying frozen shad, jumping the fence at the condo at night. and run. Is that what happened? That's exactly what happened. She had to jump a fence. Well, Schmitty didn't want to break the law, so he attempted to go around the jetty, which is almost impossible. I don't know if you see how deep it gets around those jetties. So. <laughs> After a couple of efforts to do the legal way, he decided to jump a fence with me, and he's glad he did. Was it a big fence? No, a little fence, big sign. <laughs> little fence, big sign. Little fence, big sign. Y'all went out there. How often did you go? You took a vacation I went. Year. Yeah, I did. I went every Matter chance fact, I got. That's it was, exactly what happened. It was two weeks later he did the family vacation. Right Where there. at? Blinds Pass. Right there. Beautiful place. Great fishing hole. you got to admit, it was a really good fishing hole. You didn't hustle none of them back to the hotel, did you, back then? i tell you what. Uh, I was an Indian, native Indian, born in Florida. All those laws really don't apply to us. It's kind of like, This you know, is entertainment, just yeah, to let you know. And I don't know if y'all have ever had a big snook. It's very good. And um, I would probably have thrown that fish back, but I didn't probably. <laughs> you know what's funny is I take tangles out sometimes, and he'll always ask. It doesn't matter what size, anything. He always asks, can we take this one back? And I go, no, we're not going to take that back. It's illegal. And the captain had well, priors. Remember that Captain David had priors? Yeah, that was one of the excuses I told you. The captain had priors. He can't afford to get caught twice. <laughs> That's what I told him. Just anything to get him off of keeping illegal fish. It's hard to throw back a big fish. It really is. And I told him one day, I said, you know what? You catch a world record of anything and we'll take it back and be proud of it. I don't care if it's in season or out of season because there can't be a judge around. If you catch a 100-pound snook, he's coming back, and I'm showing him off till they come get me. And you know what? We go to court. Hopefully the judge is a fisherman and goes, what, 100-pound snook? You're out of here. You're good. Give him his snook back. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Of course, we all know that's probably not the truth. But remember, entertainment. We're not telling on ourselves. We're just telling stories. Some of the stuff, yeah, it could have happened a little bit like that, but probably not what it appears to be, but just a little bit of humor and some of the people I fish with and hang out with. And what are some of the areas you fished around here, Florida, Tracy? Uh, blind pass. No, I'm saying like <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your whole fishing career. You were, uh, you were telling me where, Flamingo you'd been? I've been to Flamingo with some friends. Yeah, that's a great place to fish. Um, in Tampa Bay, you know, just I learned like everybody else. I used to fish with the metal leaders with the weight on it and thought I knew everything and worked my way up to, you know, mono on regular line and took about two years to learn how to tie that knot so I wouldn't lose every big fish. But just, you know, I just like to fish. I didn't know much of all I've learned from being around you guys. There is a degree of fishermen. There's, there's fishermen who fish and there's fishermen that catch a little fish. Then you get around guys who know what they're doing and they can just catch more fish. They could use your pole and your hole and catch the fish and whatever, like Captain Mark over there. Oh, yeah. And Tommy, um, all them guys are good. They're, you see the difference definitely in them. And you have to be around them. I try to explain to people how they, they're not as, you know, they're not the quality fishermen that are some people out there better, and they don't understand it. You've got to be around one and to see how good they are yeah. to see exactly what's going on An there. An eye-opener for sure. Somebody who does it every day, i got a lot of respect oh, for That's yeah. for sure. The riding those boats, take that beating every day. Ooh, yeah. that's tough. That's a tough one, man. Where, uh, your father grew up. Where's his family from? Um, Georgia and um, Green Coast Springs, North Florida up there, St. John's River and yeah. things like that. 
So you got some history here in Florida. You know, something else that's amazing, one of the first charter captains I ever fished with, probably one of the best fishermen I've ever fished with, is uh, Captain Ernie Saunders from down in the Keys. He was one of my dad's friends. He met him, that's Tracy's uncle. And I didn't really know this, but you said that he was actually on, he was uh, he retired from the Air Force, right? No, retired from the Navy down there in Key West, second in command of the Navy base on Key West, and he loved to do the fishing, so retired there, on, lived on Key West and fished out of Stock Island, which was Boog Pal Marina at the time, the old yep, baseball player. I remember that. And I remember having dinner with him, you know, catch of the day, and people like Red Auerbach would be in the restaurant, and they all knew who he was and gave him respect, Captain Ernie, Captain Ernie. But such a calm dude. And your yeah. dad was one of his best friends at the oh, end yeah. of it. He loved him, that's for sure. And he also, he signed, uh, didn't they sign a treaty? He was part of that? Oh, yeah. They, he was a commander on the ships in the World War II. And he was on the Missouri when they signed a treaty with the Japanese. So he was very successful in the Navy. And he was, you know, commanded, a, a, I guess, not a battleship, but a, a destroyer. I mean, yeah. he was a big player Great in the guy. thing. I'll, I'm just happy to be able to fish with him. He's probably one of the best fishermen I've ever been around. My first tarp and... I was probably about eight or nine years old, and I don't know. Ernie would never go and target a certain fish, it seemed like. It would be a group of fish. Like, you may catch mango snapper, uh, a grouper, and yellowtail, and something else all in the same spot. But I'd caught a tarpon. It was my first tarpon I ever caught with him, probably about 90 pounds on a pinfish right there in the harbor. A Key West didn't have to go far. I think he had an old Penyan boat, didn't he? It never was pretty. He had a boat that had a, a, a Straight tunnel drive board. or something yeah, like that. that. Penyan yeah. tunnel drive, and uh, he really knew his area. He, first class guy, calm as could be. I can remember fishing with him sometimes, and we'd tear the fish up maybe at one spot, and he'd say, "Okay, let's go to another spot," and we maybe hit two or three more spots that maybe weren't as productive. And somebody on the boat, my dad or somebody, would say, hey, why don't we go back to the first spot, Ernie? And he'd go, oh, okay. And then he'd you'd never see that first spot again. He, <laughs> he still did what he wanted. and yeah. he, wouldn't, he was just as cool as could be and a, and a great guy. I was happy to be able to spend some time with him. Yeah, he was a, quite a man. Yeah, he was. And you fished down there plenty, right? Well, I, did, I did my I did some. I wish I'd have done more. But, yeah, what a beautiful place. We used to think that was the greatest fishing in the world. Well, and I remember the first time I went down there, uh, when I went to his house, I remember Shell Roads in Key West, yep. kind of right near where he lived. It was uh, totally different than what I what I see now. Oh you know? man, he had like eleven kids. Yeah, yeah, he had tennis players, uh, guitar players, and bands. He had the uh, the whole and everything covered. They're still down there, right? Some I think of one family. of them is. Then one of I think um, Robert is the uh, not the youngest, second youngest. He's cleaning boats he's the one that played the music but um guitar players it's hard for those people to stay in key west and it's hard for them to leave because it's no place like it they can't wait to get out of there because they're so bored with doing nothing but fishing yeah. and they get out and nothing really applies to doing what key west yeah, is like yeah, it's, but hard it's to, hard to live in key west and go somewhere and be civilized after that yeah, and right? then the money it costs now to live down there you know yeah. it takes an arm and a leg to and back there. then it really wasn't like that you know key west might have been a little more money than everywhere else but you know once you got to the outskirts it wasn't that bad there was plenty of small hotels and all that that as a family we used to go down there and vacation all the time yeah it was great yeah your dad loved it. he'd go there two or three times a year oh, yeah. four. every time Ernie was uh said the dolphin or whatever it was they'd go after whatever he wanted to fish he'd go down there two or three times a year and well your dad was in the navy wasn't he no 
National Guard. And I think he's uh, yeah. Ernie was so calm. Your dad was so cool in the water. They just yeah. really, they really got along pretty good. Well, Ernie didn't say much, but what he said, you could, you could leave in. Well, you know, even my dad, as much as he fished back in the day, and that's what I suggest to people now. And since I've sold my boat, I believe it more than I ever have. Um, go with a guide. If you can't fish a couple times a week, it's tough to own a big boat and expect to go offshore and catch fish. You have to be tuned into it. It's not the easiest thing to know where those grouper are. I'm going to have some grouper fishermen in here, some of my buddies that I fish with. Mark Fewox will be on one of these, and we'll be talking about fishing. But um, it's so much easier to hire that guide, step on, and step off. Um, we got a big trip planned on on Thursday. You get four guys. They all pitch in for the fuel. It's buddies of mine, and uh, we're ready to go. But, you know, when I go to Louisiana now, I end up spending less money splitting it up than taking my own boat. And when you're there hiring somebody, it's step on, step off. You can enter, you know, enjoy your friends. And instead of being behind the wheel worried about something that breaks or where are we going to fish next and just trying to produce fish. But... I appreciate you coming out today, Tracy, and uh, I've enjoyed fishing with you. You're great because you're just so easy to mess with, and uh, you take it good. You know, sometimes I can get a little bit of blood out of you, and you don't go irate and crazy on me. And That's what really makes him happy because he sees blood. He's really content with that. That's what he told somebody one time. He said, you know, he likes messing with people, and he may poke you, and it may hurt. And he says, but if he sees blood, you'll see him he smile. Would, yeah, he loves that. He'll laugh. Not real bad. I think y'all got to see some firecrackers I threw at you and blew the skin off. Yeah, you blew me up. I still got a mark on my leg from that. What's up with that? That was great. It was just the first couple layers. Wasn't real bad. I think he's kind of surprised at how much I will take, and I don't know how much more I could take, but he blew me up. It kind of stung a little bit. Maybe when you hit your limit, we'll have a video camera rolling. I still think it was funny when you gave that guy them hot ball bearings to hold when your guys that worked here that really wasn't as tough. How did I hand somebody hot ball bearings in my own hand? He sat there for a little bit with a lighter warming this stuff up and one of his employees come up with a pink hat on i'm not gonna say who he was but he wasn't the toughest guy i've ever seen work here and mike hands him the ball bearings and he's holding them like he should for mike and it doesn't take but about a three or four second delay before hot things catch your hand and by the time he realized he was hot he was burnt and he got loud and mike starts apologizing hollering i didn't do that on purpose i didn't do that on purpose Don't i didn't do that on purpose stuff. You know, to see Mike get nervous like that is really rare. But, yeah, he did maybe it's took a little li- too far that time. It's called and, liability. And the guy finally got quiet, and I was glad he did. But I started laughing when I was thinking about it. I think I laughed at you more trying to deny it was hot that you did it on purpose. I didn't know it was hot. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to catch him. I didn't him know that was hot. He I just had that. a torch on it for he five He held it minutes. just like that. And it's, it's kind of delayed when things are hot. You'll <laughs> hold them for a second, then you get rid of them, and then it continues to burn. And if it wasn't for me and his employee, I'm sure he'd still be laughing at it. But he got real serious about that. I did not. Do funny. it. Great, great time, Tracy. I appreciate you coming out today and uh, hope to do it again sometime. Some appreciate it, buddy. Yes, sir, Mike.